three friends. Three cities. One question. How can we turn this world around? You're on with Earth Friends. Hi, everyone. So today we are going to set a toast to <laughs> a year with Earth Friends. Thank you guys for sharing the year with me and making Earth Friends come to life. Cheers, girls. Cheers, cheers. cheers it honestly doesn't feel like a year. I felt like time flew by so fast. It really like, did. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can't I believe 10 episodes translates into a year. Like, it, it felt so fast. Like, how much has happened? You know, like, there's even, like, a donation drive for the typhoon. And, like, there were so many things that we didn't expect to be doing that came with this whole podcast experience. That's yeah. maybe one of my goals for the next couple of months after this anniversary is to get like a good rhythm and schedule going for our episodes so we get to do more of them and learn from more people. Exactly. And I don't think coming into it, we really thought about anything past the recordings and like make a podcast. Like the content creation is probably, if it was just us talking and like the recordings and stuff without having to post it on online on social media. We'd probably be doing so many more episodes. Like, it feels like a little, a few episodes only, but I feel like the thought process that came into making each one, especially mm-hmm. when it comes, when it's in the context of, like, this, the environment and, you know, sustainability is pretty, pretty solid for a bunch of like a bunch I'm of non-podcasters sure. dude and and for uh, people who have uh, two full-time jobs and a full-time master student i know what's going on guys <laughs> well actually no since since we brought up the donations and our fundraiser project i just wanted to say thank you to everyone again who supported our initiative it was that post was one of the was our post that got like the most amount of reach and engagement yeah. on social media we were all so stunned it was it was insane truly truly insane like how far that went and for those listening we got in partnership with the amazing extinction rebellion philippines and tara santos we were able to raise a total of eight hundred forty thousand. 611.50 pesos. Whoa. Yes. And we haven't even, and so just as an update as well, we haven't doled out everything yet because we've been pretty intentional um, and selective about how often we spend the funds and where they go so that they reach as many different affected areas of the typh- of typhoon or that as possible. And also so that there's a balance between immediate relief and long-term initiatives. So, so far, we still have about 200,000 pesos still to um, donate. And we'll post an update soon. Nice, nice. That's good to hear. Pesos, I think. No, um, 840,000 pesos. And then that converted, that's around like almost $17,000. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yes. And I'm happy how, like, because I realized, like, a lot of, like, our typhoon, like, relief, like, operations used to be very, like, short-term solutions. Mm-hmm. 
I like how we're like we're really allocating and ensuring that there are long-term solutions that are going to be put into place and they're getting like the funds that they need. Because let's be honest, yeah. <laughs> it is time to invest in long-term solutions with our typhoon-like crisis. Yeah, Tari and I have been getting updates from our one of our partner programs who uh, are working to build typhoon-proof bamboo houses. So oh. as opposed to um, the house, the typical huts that people have that are made out of metal scraps. They've been sending us pictures and I, and it's actually so heartwarming to see because they've been building the houses as local communities. They've each designed like their own front porch. Oh, yeah. um, and it looks really sturdy and, you know, hopefully they don't have, if they get hit again by typhoon, the damage won't be as bad. Yeah. this time around with what they've built yeah nice stuff guys that's that's sustainability and it's at its finest like ensuring long-term long-term growth and long-term relief and even the sourcing of the materials too i know and i was really happy like they were still kind of re, re- reusing or like upcycling the scrap wood that of the trees that fell from the typhoon and using it as like materials for the kubo it's nice because eh? its foundation is deep or deeper than usual. It, they dig through the ground and put cement first as the main base uh, before they build the structure up on top so that it, at least if, like for example, the, the roof like falls or flies away, at least the, the main structure is still there. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually have quite a lot of exciting things that that we planned for our anniversary like we even have like some giveaway action going on thanks to gabby no thanks to bea so good friend of ours a friend of earth friends rather bea elizalde who's an amazing um surrealist collager i actually maybe should ask her how she wanted to be introduced i don't think she knew i was going to talk about it on the podcast but she started it off as a hobby using like old magazines, old new- newspaper scraps to- and turning them into like surrealist art collages and uh, just posting them online on her in- on her personal Instagram page. And like people started to really jazz over it. So she started to do them as commissions. But, you know, when we were talking about it or a sustainability perspective, and it's so cool to be able to upcycle and turn things that people don't want anymore mm-hmm. or that don't have purpose or life anymore and giving it a new home and new life so yeah. we were super excited so we asked her and commissioned her to create a piece that was her interpretation of society today or like the 21st her interpretation of like what the 21st century environment is so we said we can you can take that literally you know she could have any direction with it but yeah we do have a give of our first giveaway yeah, so just envision it in your head and then soon you're going to see it in real life. That being said, we also, for the first time, prepared games. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. See, you thought it was just recording. We're game masters as well, dude. <laughs> okay, Should so we play our first game? game? The game is called Two Truths and a Lie. But we will make this a sustainability-themed edition. Love. So we will each we each prepared two truths related about anything environmental, sustainability, social impact related, and one lie. 
Okay. And then we will each say it. And then the other two will guess which one is the truth. Which two are the truth and which one is the lie. Let's do it. Who wants to start? Nick? Cars? Nick, go now. I feel like mine is so obvious what the lie is, but whatever. It's fun fact time. <laughs> okay. So my first fun fact is, first, energy is the dominant contributor to climate change, accounting for around 60% of total global greenhouse gas emissions. My second one is, the world's indigenous population makes up 5% of the global population, yet protects 80% of the global diversity. And my last one is, America has the best recycling rate in the world, followed by Austria, South Korea, and Wales. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going for number three as the lie, but I'm not sure because number one could be a lie too. So number one is energy is the dominant contributor to climate change, accounting for around 60% of total global greenhouse gas emissions. I think it's true, fossil fuels. Yeah, I think it's number three. Dude. It's number it's three. Locked. My answer is locked. Mine too, mine too. <laughs> it's number three. So the correct answer is Germany. Germany has the best recycling rate in the world, followed by Austria, South Korea, and Wales. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was thinking, I don't think the U.S. has a good recycling program. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure that they are one of the biggest contributors to waste. Yeah, yeah. as a contributor, yes. Recycler, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, that was good. That was good. that was a good one. Maybe I'll do a personal one to shake things up. I prepared okay, okay. each, but you first, cars. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about how to do this so it's not so obvious which one my lie is. <laughs> you got worrying. I know. Okay. Okay. So number one, forty percent of coastal and urban cleanups comprise of cigarette butts. Number two. Um, forty percent of global wood harvest is turned into paper. Number mm. three, forty percent decrease in water, air pollution, and energy usage for water happens when aluminum is recycled in comparison to making it with new materials. Oh, this is hard, huh? <laughs> Pretty hard. I feel like it could be. <laughs> yeah, I vote three. I lock in two. Well, I'll be different. I think three. Three is the lie, two is the lie. Yeah. Okay. So the correct answer is number three. Yeah. <laughs> what the answer is actually, it's a 95% decrease if it's recycled. Uh, aluminum. Yeah. That's so, why since I'm soda bottles, soda cans and stuff, like that's, that's highly yeah. recyclable. Because I was going to do, so since I'm not doing my um, sustainability, I mean, I'm doing the more personal set. My, one of my truths was that recycling one aluminum can can save enough energy to run a TV for three hours. Whoa. Yeah. The stars were aligned for two truths and a lie. It really was. It really was. And I also knew Nikki's was a lie because my lie, well, one of the like facts that I would turn into a lie was that America was the largest, was I think the second largest um, polluter or yeah, waste producer per person. I don't know, not per person. That would have been China, but one of the largest, second largest waste producer. I think Canada yeah. first, if you're looking at, depending on what year you're looking at. Okay, are you ready? I'll say mine and we can change game. I'm ready. 
Okay. I shredded all of the old paper in our house by hand and then turned it into recycled paper to make wee-wee pads for my dog. I once carried around a old, like, the Chinese, you know, the Chinese smiley face supot. Yeah. Yeah. In New York. I hate how I know this. Yeah. (laughs) That classic, like, I don't know the text, but, you know, that that yellow smiley face that before emojis were a thing and emoticons were a thing. That's what it looked like, right? Um, And used it as my main bag and stuffed all of my shit inside because I didn't want to acquire more plastic. Even, and it almost broke on my way home, like fell. Oh my God. And then last, I once collected every Coke can tab or like soda can tab wherever I was thinking I could collect enough to make a wheelchair because I once heard that you could make a wheelchair out of the tab. Yeah, I think that sounds true. Eh? Um, And also like the wheelchair thing, I also remember hearing that if you collect the top, like that thing on top of like soda cans, you can make a wheelchair. Okay. I vote two. Here I go again with choosing two. <laughs> I lock in two. Boom. Two is, uh, no, no, the... Plastic bag. The plastic bag. Okay, fine. I think I go with three. There's just something about number three. But, like, I mean, as soon as you said that, as soon as you said that you heard it already, I'm okay. I'm okay with Locked answers locked. Yeah. It's two. Congratulations, <laughs> Nicole. <laughs> yeah, well, no, the, the lie there was... I was, I was already, like, I'm so bad at lying. You could clearly tell. I was, like, getting lost in my own lie. But, no, I, uh, there was one time I was doing running errands. So, and I didn't want to, like, I forgot my reusable tote bag. So, I just got a plastic bag from the first store I went to and stuffed everything else I needed to get. It broke in the middle of the street. I was so near my house. And I was, like, everything just fell through the plastic. So, here's... Mm-hmm. Function and practicality over trying to save the environment sometimes because you end up creating more waste anyway. Yeah, um, but that's just me stubborn. But yes, the first one is true. I remember remember when you, I told you guys like you can make recycled paper. I saw like a TikTok about it and I started doing it. My my little sifter where you put the the recycled paper when it's wet to mold it. <laughs> was so small I couldn't make like actual long bond paper and I didn't want to buy another one so I was like what can I do with this so I made it into like tiny pads so that when I was potty training biscotto I could just use it as like a pamponas because it would absorb it right since it's just like thick paper and then the last one I did so I had like these I used old this was in grade school but I used old really tall shampoo bottles as like my lalagyan for all of these aluminum top cans thinking I would collect enough to make a wheelchair little did I know you need like so many to make (laughs) one wheelchair it was very ambitious so I think gave it to one of those people that made it like it was so before when you make the cans into like that yeah 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 so Wait, that's so cute. You really, like, you were in grade school. I can't imagine grade school, Gabby. Like, I love that. Why you bring up, like, your sustainability journey since you were, like, a kid? 
and it's so nice how we used to also think like like when you were young we didn't think it was like us like acting towards sustainability where it's like oh sounds like a fun activity let's do it sounds nice sounds fun too but like thinking now like middle i would say like young adults how has like our sustainable journey influenced like our careers that's a good question Nick, do you have an answer? Um, yeah, I do. Because like when we started this podcast, that was like the time I was applying to like my master's. Fourth, whether I should focus on environmental science or should I focus on epidemiology? Because the thing is, like, I am more passionate about environmental science, but I've learned that I felt like epi and environmental science tie in together. Because, like, I feel like it's important to be aware of, like, how our environment around us impacts our health. I feel like the talk about sustainability and the talk of climate change, I think the, like, the people who are affected by it, like, especially their health, gets lost in the conversation. This podcast has influenced how I view climate change and how it relates to, like, the population at hand. So now just, that you said you're more passionate though about environmental science, you're gonna finish your master's in a year. On a more broader sense, do you think that you're gonna go into a? Has it made you decide or like change your decision to now go into a career within that field more than like the medical aspect? Mm, I felt like it just added another layer to like what I'm interested in, in the sense of understanding the effects of climate change and its relationship to like people's health. And it just added another layer or lens of like how we should look at this issue or how to like address or like help other like people like implement these things into their lives. That's a perfect way of seeing how sustainability applies your individual person's life yeah like it won't like people think like it's a calling that will literally change the face of the earth for like that person but like a niche interest or effort to be involved in it but if you really think about it on a high level higher level it's related to everything Mm -hmm. yeah i know the business nowadays too you can't you can't avoid it you have to you have to like i learned care of yourself is also taking care of the environment like having a yes. good diet, healthy diet of like incorporating vegetables fruits like decreasing the red meat amount that you take like that does contribute to your health and that does also contribute to the health of the environment i completely agree whether that's even just your hygiene products what what anything you that enters or touches your body right or that you use on a daily basis um it's all related so I think on like a career, going back to the question and talking about like how it's influenced their careers. I think when I was really young, I always, it was like a longer term dream of mine to be involved in social impact, like in the social entrepreneurship space specifically. I wasn't as well-informed or even as interested to be quite honest about environmental sustainability. It was always education, the education gap for me in the Philippines. That was one of the things I was mainly focused on. But like as I was getting older, like it's so, so apparent now to me how it's all connected, yes. and how everything is intertwined. Love that. How about you, cars? I guess it hasn't really affected my work directly in the sense that 
nothing in my job description at the moment is connected to environmental sustainability. But I mean, it comes with time. Like I also don't take it against anything. And like, you know, I, I you're only just starting a company. It's not like you want to impose your ideas on anyone just so fast, right? And you've been work from home. So I haven't been able to like, you know, like vibe check the whole sitch. But yeah. yeah. Um I guess in relation to that, you know, I mean, if it doesn't fit in your career path at the moment, it's okay. Like, I guess that's where I can come from at this point because I'm coming from a place where, like, the work that I would be doing would impact significantly in a sustainable aspect, in the sustainability scene. But now that it's not really in my, like, vision, in my, yeah, in my periphery at the moment with my work it's not I don't take it against myself like old me would have totally judged myself and been like like what are you doing with your life like you're literally contradicting all of the things that you stand for blah 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 but I I you can find ways to make up for it in the in different like without having to impose like I mean as much as possible I don't want to like force it upon people you know what I mean like that's really not where I'm coming from so you know being being in this scene and like being in Paymongo also helped me balance out the work that I do and for the future so now thankfully we're doing like on-ground activities again like we're visiting the communities again which is fun like we're we visited recently the um, area that is reserved for reforestation in Zambales. I do yeah. think though you make a really good point. Like I, I didn't actually thinking back now about my answer. Didn't actually answer the question about like career, right? Like I talked about like my longer term aspiration, but you brought up that like you don't have to be working in this space, but like you're also part of FTF, like a main member, and like with all of the initiatives that you guys are doing. And almost like a f- another whole full-time job. So yeah, for all of those people who still want to get involved, like just because it might not be your main career path, there, that doesn't mean that there are other projects or initiatives that you can do to yeah. help you further along that space. Like we have this podcast and Kyrie's an FDF. Nikki's a full-time student that's on the podcast. And then like, I guess some advice also, since I was able to somewhat intertwine it into my role um with cadence and being in an event tech startup you'd sometimes question like how can you even start any social impact initiative within um a tech company much less yeah. a company right but it was possible we started up the pro the program and um it's been one of the things that have made me love my job the most so even like just taking the initiative to teach other people and open their eyes to different ways as creative or like as crazy as they may sound sometimes like it just takes like having conversations exactly yeah and i feel like that ties into like one of the questions that we got asked on our q Q and a on ig ig instagram so like one of the questions that we got was how can we encourage more of our friends to be eco-friendly without being like judgy or pushy yeah that's so true oh and for context we asked we opened up um our at like that questions function on instagram so that we we can open up the floor for any questions that you guys would have anything at all and we're now going to answer some of those questions on the pod today 
okay so for that the answer to that question about how to like make your friends more involved in the things that you believe in um i guess number one is don't cancel them mm-hmm. i think that's a, probably the most important i love that question because <laughs> that was hard and that was like something i think the three of us can individually say yeah it was always a goal of ours was to like help educate but not intimidate exactly though that's so true yeah educate and not intimidate and that sometimes go like sometimes that goes hand in hand and depending on like the type of you know um the type of approach a person has right like sometimes you can like lead with an iron fist or sometimes you can let them learn on their own but the the perfect the perfect way is to really balance that you know mix and I mean, you can be, you can, you can believe with an iron fist with your own heart, your own, you know, verdict, your own, you know, yeah. Okay. Anyway, conviction. I was like thinking convict. So I was like, is that good or not? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like you can believe it full heartedly, but you can't expect your belief to convert another person full heartedly. You'll never know how the person perceives it, right? So I guess it's more of like, checking how that person will like take the things that you say to them and just and how you, know, you frame it i think do exactly yeah as long as you don't come in with a combative approach that you know you're gonna judge someone for what they're doing it's not like yeah. judging someone for what they're doing is not going to make them like go to your side right it's gonna like turn them against you and like make them more afraid to like open up to you about these things but like the more approachable you are like the more you'll be that person that people will ask like for example I get really you know what I seem like an expert but I'm not but I get really random questions like hey where can I recycle my old bras or like my old like yeah but guys I think on that point that touches on one of my two main suggestions in response to this question was that one lead by example. So I think people, because people know that you do all these things in your daily life, they turn to you as a resource. Yeah. And then the second was just frame things as suggestions and not... Um, as demands. And, yeah, and yeah, demands. Like, you should exactly. be doing this. Like, yeah. use why yeah. don't... Or like, you can say like, oh, have you thought of using X over Y? Yeah. Um, instead of being saying like, hey, did you know that that whatever shampoo bottle or that insert object here is creating this much waste? Like, I think no one, I mean, no one's perfect, right? And no one should be shamed or judged for the habits that they're doing. Because then it just, it, it, or okay, I take that back, actually. It, it feels like a catch-all that no one should be judged for the things they're doing. Some people should be judged for the things they're doing. Um but yeah, you get, you get my point. In general, not necessarily. I do, I do. Yeah, no, I get that. One of, well, one of the next questions we got asked, now that I'm back in Manila, so I guess we can't say three cities anymore. We should probably change our intro. But yeah. what's your biggest frustration about the cities you live in? It's just not easy to manage waste. Yeah. think of anything it's just really not easy to manage waste in manila unless like your your barangay has a really good program it, it they don't make it convenient for you it's so much more of a hassle to and maybe even more 
energy consuming because you're gonna have to drop it off somewhere or someone's gonna have to pick up your waist yeah. like it doesn't some you know what i mean some it's just it, there's no system it's, it's not so a viable cool. solution for many it's not yeah. like a it's not sustainable in the long run it, you it's, don't even it have recycling on... bins in public places exactly they're just trash yeah. cans just one yeah yeah that's true and I guess, like, when you think about it, waste becomes a very, it's an overarching uh, pain point when it comes to government regulations in different cities. But it's I guess such for a low me, priority. Yeah. And, it, and, 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 like, whenever I think of waste, I always think of it as an opportunity because, like, that's a potential raw resource that literally takes, ex- that literally costs people, governments, like businesses to dispose of when you could you know make use of it if it's segregated properly like there's only value in it once it's segregated but yeah Yeah. i think one frustration for me about living in the philippines is that long-term solutions are not really prioritized if anything Mm. it's more like depending on things that yeah, depending on the 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 effects that it would make in their term in office, that's something that they would consider. And when it comes to something like that, it's harder to push through with regulations that are progressive that you would see in like countries like the US, right? Where they would have tax incentives for households that have solar panels in their in their homes. And yeah. like that's not even something that will be considered here. So the industry of, yeah, renewable energy is very, very hard to to implement in countries that are developing like the Philippines. So I guess that's one thing. Like it's really a a barrier to entry. And that's some, and that's a, the government can literally just like, like a switch of a light or like a, like, like a switch, just turn and be the biggest contributor for something to happen but instead they're becoming a major roadblock mm-hmm. and it sucks dude like I, I think about it and i'm like you know what no matter how much you know incentives kickbacks or deals that you can come up with with you know closing deals that aren't even meant for the long run just because it's gonna get maximum gain it, like it's not it's not gonna you know give your kids a better life in the future right like would you rather give them like more money or like a bigger chance of survival or a better like environment that they could grow up in in the future and it just uh-huh. makes me sad that they don't see it like that and i'm like i'm putting myself already in your shoes and <laughs> like i'm trying i'm trying to get it on that note, though, I love this question because I've thought about it or I've thought and heard people discuss this a couple of times. Hard one, though. Should oh, no. we not have kids to save the environment? Or I guess to make that more general, would you not have kids for environmental reasons? And we're most qualified to answer that because we're three girls, right? Like... <laughs> Um, I've been thinking about that, like going back and forth in my head, like with everything that's happening, like in the news and what's happening, like, I don't know, that's happening, everything around us. I keep going back in my head, like, like, why do I want to get my kid to go through this? Like, if it's just going downhill from here, like, why do I want to like bring life to this like world that's 
sorry for like language that's so fucked yeah. up at the end of the day yeah <laughs> but like a part of it was just like i don't know like the catholic in me the ac girl in me is always like you got to trust in god's plan like there's a reason why the world is like this there's a reason why the world is burning there is a reason why we're doing this podcast and i just yeah. think like with our generation that things will change like i feel like once we are at power like once we finally have the power to really make decisions or like get like laws or like bills or anything passed or like have a say in like how funds should be allocated or how funds should be distributed yeah because i honestly think like our generation is very educated in the sense of being aware of the impacts of what all these governments are doing i feel like people our age are more engaged in like these types of topics and are, are actually yeah. like are on the same page of like okay like we need to start changing like how things are now because it's like not helping yeah no i agree i don't know if i i don't know if i have an answer like a set answer myself it's definitely something i think the only thing i'm confident and certain of is that it, it's a it's a factor i'm considering into the decision yeah yeah same that's true and i think if if the question is should we not it's not that i don't think anyone should or has the power to tell you what you should or shouldn't do especially when it's such a big decision yeah. like having kids or not and that's not like it shouldn't be the sole deciding factor in it also for some people exactly. it is, but that's like a personal decision so mm-hmm. i think it's definitely a factor you should consider but how you factor how you integrate that into your decision making is totally up to you very well said dude. yeah exactly i agree and you know what it's all about perspective like you'll know that the solutions to the things that you care about are not black and white. So question that could be answered yes or no has to be taken with a grain of salt that, you know, you can't really, you can't really pin one or the other as the right like, yeah. question. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I really personally do want to have kids. Like, I feel so strongly about wanting to have kids because I'm the only child. And I do get guilty and I'm like, am I literally like foregoing all of the like love I have for the environment because I really want to have kids? But you take what you have as you mentioned like with your jobs and everything like you're not you you don't get into sustainability and let it change your life like you make it work within what the life that you already have so if you're destined to have a child like i'm not gonna force it you know what i mean but like if you're destined to it it's not like you're gonna just turn off for the environment just because you have had you're having you're expecting like, you're just going to make do with what you have. And, yeah, I mean, you'll find ways to be more conscious environmentally while having a kid. And that's going to help you raise them. And, like, at least you can guarantee yourself of one kid that cares for the environment. And that's yours. I feel like you bring up a very great point in the sense of, I feel like our podcast taught me, like, when it comes to sustainability, I feel like it's a gray area. Mm-hmm. Mm. You should always think in the context of the person, like what they're experiencing and what situation they're at and how far they can go with sustainability and what access do they have. Totally agree. Well, now that we're nearing our 
time mark and we are talking about the future i would love to know since it is our one year anniversary and we're still going to be making hopefully many more episodes of this what your podcast dreams are oh here we go here we go no one has any dreams <laughs> one i hope eventually like our earth friends podcast or our earth friends um organization or i don't know wow, our earth friends yeah, friends gang <laughs> one day we'll be having like courses or like teaching like different types of like populations or different like types of like people like ways on how can they implement like sustainability so for example like businesses how can we implement sustainability in some businesses mm-hmm. or for like households or like students at least how they can help with sustainability like i really believe in knowledge is power one day like good our episode to be used as a course i love this wait i love this manifesting guys you know what it's real but that's literally what it is it's a man- manifesting sesh guys you're guys to all our listeners here you guys are um witnessing a manifesting hour so um <laughs> this is what's wait, up. that's a really good one actually wow i mean i'll think oh maybe i'll do a two-part answer but like initially i just like do want to work on like us just having the podcast like the little small wins maybe like doing more of a variety of the type of guests we have maybe changing the format to i think it's a type a-ness in me maybe that's just like wanting to improve and make what we have right now the best in the best shape it can be but i also like we just want to enjoy it and then go along for the ride but i think maybe the dream one of the dreams is just having like really big industry leaders on as guests and mm-hmm. to to make mm-hmm. their knowledge more accessible to everyone so us being a resource yeah. for people to really listen to and you know learn about sustainability where they can find that information elsewhere and specifically to people you know who have so much life experience with it and make that more accessible in terms of even just like how they're listening to the information and like how it's being framed so it's not so intimidating and it's just like bite-sized digestible content yeah yeah that's true i i also do want to focus on the little things too like i just my dreams for earth friends is for earth friends to keep going (laughs) like and going like without the way that it has with us you know we've been learning and getting through our day-to-day lives yet still going like accomplishing these little wins as Gabby mentioned I, I think what I dream for Earth Friends is that we become more comfortable with these recordings that it wouldn't become <laughs> as much of like the prep time to have one episode and like it'll come in more naturally so those are the things that I would dream for Earth Friends Wait, I have one. I have another one. Now that you said that, I want us to have a team of like research, what? like volunteer based team. Of, like, oh, yeah, that's so true. That's to help so true. Us. Yeah, like someone to help produce the podcast and give us the yep, thing, yep. like research that, that's like facts that are research to talk about and then like an intern yeah. to do all of our content. <laughs> 
That's so true. That's so true. Just just because we believe in what we're doing and like yeah. the things that we're doing could help someone else learn. Yeah, I want yeah. I want Earth friends to have more Earth friends. So if you're listening, you you Gen Zers out there who are obsessed with content and love the Earth, slide it to our DMs. Yes, <laughs> that's what you heard, guys. We need the sliding. <laughs> And on that note, I think that wraps up our one-year anniversary episode. That was nice, guys. That was really nice. Yeah, I love that. That was that was very. That was a hug for my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Here, you can't see us, but we all have a beverage of choice. Finish my coffee. <laughs> yeah, this is the last sip of my wine. Cheers. We're Earth friends, and the Earth is our friend.